0: You are listening to the Fire and Lunch Podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game.
1: Thanks. And who are you? The proud face said that I must eat this pie. The second annual Wyman Awards are brought to you by the Lannister Renegades baseball team, who,
2: like Cersei this season, experienced quite the
0: downfall as those pesky underdogs the Staten Island Direwolves defeated them unquestionably 10 to 1. Shame! I invite you all to shame them with me.
1: Shame! Shame!
0: Shame! 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 shame.
1: shame.
0: shame.
3: Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. It's time for our second annual Wyman Awards. I'm your host, Jenny. My co-host for this evening is Rachel. How are you doing tonight, Rachel?
0: Oh, I'm great. I can't wait to see the stars as they walk down the path of pies. When did they get here?
3: Rachel, no one's getting here. There is no path of pies. We're just a bunch of disembodied voices, as usual.
0: Oh, well, uh, we're joined by the rest of the podcast tonight. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie. I'm Megan. And I'm Jess as well as several very special guest presenters. With us, we have Axie of Watchers on the Wall, Phil, the creator of Winter is Coming, Janelle, Marissa, and Sade of Fat Pink Cast, Jamila from Girl Gone Geek and Geek Girl Brunch, Jeffrey from A Trivia of Ice and Fire, our good friends Elena, who has been with us before on the podcast, Steven and Hannah, and longtime listener Eli. Thank you for all being part of this.
3: Welcome to the Wyman's. fanfare.
0: Yay! <laughs> We just leave that in yes okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll also be including some of the results from those of you who filled out the poll last month all right let's get this started we're gonna kick off the evening like we do every podcast with our famed Frey Pie rating this time for the season as a whole um i was really inspired by everyone who filled out the poll because they came up with some really awesome creative answers so i've worked really hard to come up with a an answer that I feel like really embodies the season. So my free pie rating is an overcooked Jared that you're rushing to get out of the oven. And after you take it out, you slip on some day old Simon pie on the floor and the Jared pie falls to the ground, but you scoop it up along with some of the day old Simon, put it on a Valyrian steel plate with a big scoop of Rhaegar ice cream on top and hope no one notices. What the fuck was that?
0: that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Oh my God. That's amazing. That was amazing. <laughs>
3: Lauren, what's your favorite rating for this season?
0: Um, I'm going to read exactly what I wrote, which says, Oh Jared, I think. <laughs> Katie? Uh, I put a Jared only because I don't remember most of it. It's time. And I guess it wasn't that memorable. I mean, other than the fact, like, when it was good, it was pretty decent. But when it was bad, it really sucked. So, Jared. <laughs> Megan?
2: I was also really inspired by our listeners, so I tried to be creative with this, but Jenny, yours is going to be so much better. <laughs> so I said a pie made of sausage consisting of Rhaegar's head and torso, Jared's arms, and Simon's legs with the crispy crust, because you know, crispy is good, but <laughs> it has some super frozen ice cream on top that's just too cold. So some really good, excellent parts mixed in with some meh and crap.
0: So, <laughs> that's basically what mine
2: I appreciate the ice cream analogy. Yeah, because um, when it's too cold. That's not a la mode. It
0: really does suck. That's not a la mode. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, my regular ice cream is
4: excellent. It's just the rest of it. That's crap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jess?
4: Oh, my God. All these people who bake. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> what are
0: you talking about? I, wrote, I said, Jared, I think. <laughs>
3: Just, just put yours in the microwave that we don't have.
4: Yeah, basically, um, I'm gonna say the same thing as Jenny, but I was, you know, that whole answer <laughs> minus the Valerian steel plate because I feel like the season doesn't deserve any sort of Valerian anything. But Damn. that's just
3: they're trying to put it on a, a no. Nice it doesn't platter. deserve
4: any Valerian steel.
0: <laughs> and Rachel. So while you guys are letting your pies cool, my head is still in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ what a piece oh of my god uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll be nice and, and give it a jared but a jared with his head in the oven poor <laughs> oh, jared <laughs> jesus
3: wow. wow um now we're gonna go back to megan who is uh our correspondent from the people tonight so uh <laughs> Or the listeners? Megan, so, what did what people have to say?
2: Yeah, so for this category, like, no one was the same, obviously, because everyone was really creative. So I tried to, like, rank what people did and did the median. <laughs> and I think the median was undercooked Jared. But a lot of people <laughs> agreed where there were, like, really inconsistent feelings about the season. So some people had a mixture of Rhaegar with Simon or a mixture of Rhaegar with Jared or Jared undercooked. Undercooked came up a lot. Crispy did, too. And, yeah. <laughs> So it was all over the place.
0: So like Shitty Crush Jared.
2: Shitty Crush Jared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I love that one.
2: <laughs> I
0: mean all
3: these right.
2: answers are really good. Maybe they we'll post really a good. couple of the
3: posts. We should post some of our favorites because yeah. they're yeah. quite Kudos inventive, guys. Bravo. Alright. So our next category is favorite episode, which I'm sure that most of us will have the same answer. Um my favorite episode was Hard Home. For obvious reasons, because it was the one that we complained the least about, and it had a lot of good stuff.
0: <laughs> That's where Hold the Rhaegar
3: ice cream comes and the Valyrian steel plate. So you know it's got to come from somewhere. Lauren, okay. what's your fra- what's your favorite episode?
0: Clearly, it's the same as yours. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get to we Rachel. Might as well just said everybody at the same time except for Rachel, who will just say something from season three. Um. <laughs> No, Hard Home was it just it blew me away. I I really wasn't expecting it to be as amazing as it was and uh, I guess cuz it was so much I didn't know what was happening and I was I I was floored. I loved it. I loved every second of it.
3: Katie, Megan and Jess, what's the brigade
0: say? Guys, Hard Home. Oh. <laughs> Your unison is
2: so good. <laughs> I just I'm going to answer. Go listen to the podcast for that. That that gives the full answer. <laughs> We are listening to the podcast. We're recording the podcast. What do you mean? No, I mean l- the episode for Hard Home.
3: <laughs> Katie, I assume you're saying Hard Home.
0: I don't remember the name of any other one, so yeah, Hard Home. Jess. <laughs> Unbent, unbowed, unbroken. No, <laughs>
4: no, hard hard, <laughs> come on, Hard Home was amazing.
0: <laughs> for a
2: second, I believed it. I was like, wait, what?
4: <laughs> no, it's Hard Home. I'm just joking.
2: And yet, guys. Um, unbowed and broken is nominated for an emmy
4: which oh, i don't, don't get like
2: don't
0: give, don't me, give me a break yeah, i don't I even it. rachel
5: do so you have I was, an I was
0: gonna troll you by saying i'm bad and broken <laughs> and i was gonna defend it bitterly and like really like well but now i feel like that's over so i'm gonna say <laughs> the dance of dragons because the whole batshit shit crazy bad cgi thing at the end and dario being awesome
3: thank you for All having right, a dissenting opinion
2: no, that's oh, legit. Uh, all
0: right. Megan,
3: what did the people say? I think I already know.
2: <laughs> the it was hard home by Landside, but there were two people that chose different episodes. So,
3: and what did they choose?
2: They chose Mother's Mercy and the High Sparrow. All right.
4: Nice of David, and Dan to participate. <laughs> High Sparrow got like,
2: good
0: ratings from all of us when we were reviewing it.
2: Yeah, no, it did, and I I actually do like a lot of the episodes in the early part of the season, but Hard Home's still better, I think. Yeah, it was
0: all downhill after Sons of the Harpy. (laughs) Harpies, harpies, harpies. (laughs) Shame. Yeah, shame. That comes about now.
3: All right. Um, Moving on to our next category the Esme Bianca Memorial Award or Favorite Guest Performance. Um, First, we have some words from the Ladies of Fat Pink cast on their favorite guest performance. Hi, this is Janelle.
1: This is Marissa, this is Shade, and we are Fat Pink Cast! cast. Ooh, 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 <laughs> ooh. And we will be presenting our choices for the Wyman Awards. Yay! Ooh, firecrackers! So our-, our friends over at Fire and Lunch invited us. Thank you very much for the invitation. I feel so special. Mm-hmm. It's our first award show, you guys! Okay, so our pick for favorite guest star is, drumroll please,
6: Carrie Ingram, who played Shireen Baratheon. First of her name.
1: Gone too soon. Gone too fucking soon. But not forgotten. And she put on a great performance. Uh Uh-huh.
6: She's awesome. I'm
1: going to miss her reading her, uh, reading history, too. To Davos. Shireen
6: exposition.
2: I know. Much better than other forms of exposition. Than sex position,
1: for example. Or torture position.
2: Yes, Shireen position. Superior
3: position. Uh, Thank you, Fat Pink Cast. Um, I thought Carrie did a great job as well this year, and I will miss her and her history lessons greatly. I don't know about you guys.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sad that she's gone, and I really hated how they killed her off. Um, but we won't go into that. But yeah, yeah, she she's was, super she definitely... fun on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is that I follow. Oh, her she on totally or... is. <laughs> yeah, she's got lots of cool stuff on there. Especially her and and uh, our first beer they they uh they tend to tweet at each other and always doing pictures together. All the, all the fired um, people hanging out together. <laughs> uh, so sad. Knows fired that's that's good so yeah thanks um, fat pink cast for guessing on that uh I guess category category um, yes all
3: right <laughs> um my favorite guest performance again this is going to be one where we're going to repeat ourselves a lot was uh uh I'm not gonna totally mess up her last name but Brigitte I'm not even gonna try Sorensen um who played Carsey in <laughs> Hard Home, um not foul. It was the closest we're going to get to Val, and I thought she was really, really great in the part, and I thought that they actually wrote her well, except for sort of the questionable ending. But it was really nice to have a character that seemed fully formed within one episode, and I'm sad that we're not getting more of her. Lauren?
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with her as well. She just, like, I wasn't, you know, I get that whole episode really was, was great for me, and so... She was she. I got attached to immediately, and all I kept saying was, "Please don't kill her! Please don't kill her! Please don't kill her!" Oh, she's dead.
3: You um, knew she was gonna die. <laughs>
0: I didn't want to believe it. Stop! You break my dreams. Um. Yeah. No, that was that was it was it was a shame.
5: Shame. That's what it was to
0: me. Um. No, it was horrible when they killed her off. But uh, I think I think she, she really knocked it out of the park because she she made it so that everybody you know got attached to her immediately and so it, it, she left an impact I believe
3: you're getting your uh, zero dollars worth out of that
0: app yeah damn straight I am <laughs> I love this thing damn. I do it at work all the time too on that note Katie <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I'm I don't mean to echo but Birgitta was fantastic and again she she made us all fall in love with the character and like two scenes um I've seen her in other things she's consistently great so it was exciting to have her on the show and then jonathan price as well as a high sparrow um you can't help but like him even though he's basically a disgusting human being and the fact that you kind of still do like him even though he's being gross is a testament to how well he plays the part so
2: all right megan co-signed everything katie said
4: (laughs) thank you (laughs) jess (laughs) i'm with i'm with everybody else carsey
3: Rachel, would you like to offer a different opinion? I was going to say, like,
0: Michael Condren, who apparently played Bowen Marsh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, I'm going to give it to Diana Rigg, because she's delightful every single time she's on screen. All right, then.
3: Uh, Megan, the people, what did they say?
2: Well, our girl got, like, won by, like, a landslide. So yay for her. Yay for not Mm -hmm. Val. But I do have to point out that Otta got multiple votes as well. So special shout out to him. And I really liked Leia, who wrote, um, oh shoot, how do you say his name? How do you say Mance Raider's actor's name again? Kieran Kieran Hines. Hines. Okay, so I want to give a shout out to Leia, who wrote Kieran Hines for a hot second as Mance Raider. hot second? (laughs) An
3: extremely hot second. Nice. (laughs) All right. um, Moving on to our next award, favorite performance, series regular. For this award, we have Phil, formerly of Winter is Coming, with his pick for favorite series regular performance.
7: Hi, this is Phil Bicking, formerly of WinterisComing.net, now of Twitter, I guess. Anyway, I'm excited to be included in the Wyman's this year. And I have the very fun and exciting category of best performance or favorite performance by series regular for season five. This was a tough one to narrow down um, the nominees, let alone pick a winner. But I have five nominees, and uh, we'll start it off with Kit Harrington as Jon Snow. In season five, I thought Kit did a fantastic job um, just showing Kit, uh, showing Jon growing as a leader. Um, had a lot of quiet moments that were good, and of course, the big action. And uh, uh, hard home was just one of the best one of the best episodes of the series, and Kit just did a, a great job all around. Uh, <clears throat> next up on my list, Stephen Delane as Stannis Baratheon. Stannis had quite an arc this season, and Stephen did a, a really good job showing kind of Stannis' inner turmoil. And the decisions he had to make, the decision that he ended up making at the end with uh, with Shireen. And it was hard to watch, very hard to watch, but I thought Steven uh, just killed it. Next up, Lena Headey as Cersei Lannister. Another great arc for the character. And I just loved watching Lena um, start out so confident in all her moves, but you knew... That it was all going to come crashing down, and that moment of realization for her when she realized that the uh, high sparrow wasn't wasn't in her pocket, wasn't her ally, was was just amazing. And then, of course, the walk of shame at the at the end there, just a fantastic performance. So the last two were, were the toughest. Toughest two, or the two best performances uh, for this season, in my opinion, is Peter Dinklage, of course, as Tyrion, Tyrion Lannister. Every season, Peter brings it. This season was no exception. Um, He had some of the most fun scenes to watch, and it was great to get to see him interacting with characters that you, you haven't gotten to see interact before with. Jorah and then, of course, uh, Daenerys at the end. And uh, Peter's just, he's just awesome and it's so fun to watch him. And then Sophie Turner as Sansa Stark, of course. Man, what what a storyline for Sophie. I know there was a lot of controversy over Sansa's storyline this season and the direction that David and Dan took it, but I don't think there's any doubt that. Sophie brought it this season and the performance that she put in was just absolutely phenomenal and that's why I got to give her the Wyman for best performance by series regular in season five
3: uh thank you Phil um I'm gonna pick another one of Phil's nominees and uh go with Lena Headey as Cersei for my pick um, I thought she did a really great job of portraying Cersei's downfall. Even and uh, even if it was just her face, I thought she did a great job during the the walk of shame scene. So, Lauren,
0: <laughs> Alfie Allen, um, he does a lot without saying much, and I think yeah, he's been pretty he's been pretty awesome the last couple of seasons. So, he's definitely my favorite right now. Katie. Um, actually, Lauren, your choice, Lauren, was pretty interesting. I didn't even think of it, but he does. He does do a lot with very little. And I thought he, he was really great. Um, I kind of agreed a lot with Phil. I thought Lena Headey is like an obvious one. She's fantastic. And she had a lot of really hard stuff to do. And she pulled it off well. And Kent really stepped up this season. This was his season. And I think he did really well with the character. He did really well with like the quieter scenes like Phil said and with the, the bigger battle scenes and also Sophie um really came as her own this year. So bravo to her. So who are you picking? Everyone. You can't pick <laughs> everybody pick one. This is an award the... show, goddammit <laughs> Not everybody your... gets a prize. I don't need your stinking rules. Everybody gets a prize. No. <laughs> you shame you. Alright no okay alright so if I'm gonna pick one Conleth Hill. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even in that section, but okay, good. He's, serious, right? He's a series regular. He, I looked at the little chart there. His name appears in the cast list for more than half the season. Therefore, he he makes it.
8: Yeah, I know. I, that's
0: I'm just fine. Saying, I'm that just... whole group you just talked about, he wasn't even mentioned. <laughs> I do what I want.
3: Conleth Hill, you get a Wyman from Katie. Thank you. <laughs> Megan?
2: Lena is great, and I do love Lena, but I'm going to be obvious and pick Kit Harrington. <laughs> Just because it's not easy being a subtle like actor and playing very subtle characters, and I think he does a really great job with playing John, because John isn't flashy. And I don't know, I think he does it perfectly, and the season was his season to shine, so go okay. Kit.
4: Jess? I'm going to agree with Phil's nomination of Stephen Delane. I felt this was a great season for him, you know, even though maybe the writing wasn't there, but I, I felt like his performance this season was really, really well, especially in his the last episodes. Even though the writing wasn't good, he made the most of what he was given, and we're probably never going to be able to give him this award ever again, so Jay <laughs> no. <Aww>. Steven. <laughs> Sad. True.
0: <laughs> Rachel? Uh, well, if uh, Katie can pick whoever she wants, then I guess I'll pick... Uh... Um, Charles Dance. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he, <laughs> was really <laughs> he was a really great coach. He was was a good dead guy. Uh, way better than What's-His-Face in the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's actually coming down between Stephen Delane for me and Kit Harington. Um, I <gasps> think Stephen... what? Wait, what? <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> is that I allowed? That, <laughs> I think that Stephen is amazing, and he really, he really just has done the best job of translating a book character to the screen faithfully whether or not he reads the books uh, i really really enjoyed his performance but i also want to acknowledge that kit uh has grown a lot as an actor he was given more to do in this season and it shows
3: i think we just have to stop the podcast there
1: i'm waiting for mic yeah <laughs> Drop the mic way out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> megan what did the people well. have to say
2: Lena was the dominant winner, which I think we probably would have guessed. But Alfie Allen and Maisie Williams also got multiple votes as well. And I just wanted to give a kudos to Matt for his answer of Jerome Flynn singing The Dornishman's Wife while on a stolen horse in stolen clothes. (laughs) (laughs) He
0: was was the savior
3: of certain
2: storylines.
0: (laughs) Best musical performance anyway.
3: All right. So um, our next award is favorite Ramin moment, or favorite musical moment. Oh, oh, great segue.
0: That.
3: What a great segue. <laughs> um,
0: wow, award show banter.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and not even scripted. <laughs> right. um, so, last year I did not answer this question because I did not pay attention to any of the music. <laughs> so, <laughs> this year it's really exciting that I actually have an answer. Um, which was Sansa's wedding theme, which was, you know, it was good that I was paying attention to something other than what was actually happening on screen. So, <laughs> the music was very pretty, even though the scene was less horrible. Pretty. So yeah. And and special shout out to the ticking clock, um,
0: <laughs> which I still haven't heard. I guess I just tuned that out.
2: I totally hear it now that Jenny mentioned it.
0: <laughs> now I have to go and play it again and listen to it.
2: Well, it is in your favorite
3: episode, so okay. you'll enjoy that. All right. Lauren, what's your favorite Ramin moment?
0: Um, Although technically it really was goodbye, brother. The scene where John and Sam say goodbye in the gift—you know—because it just reminds me of the first time they did play it, and the the whole scene reminds me of John saying goodbye to Rob and John saying goodbye to Sam, and I'm getting sad. So I'm going to stop now.
1: Aw, sad. Okay,
0: Katie. Well, that was mine. So I have nothing more to say. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no, honestly, uh, goodbye, brother is one of my favorite themes in the entire like soundtrack of the last couple of seasons it's always really beautiful when they use it and they're they, they use it really annoyingly because it just makes me sad every single time but that <laughs> honestly that that scene is really great because of goodbye brother i think it makes it so megan is I'm it gonna... also goodbye brother
2: <laughs> no no normally i normally it is what i go with but i'm gonna go with a different thing i'm gonna go with the battle at hard home and basically just the whole thing because I like how it builds, includes that ticking clock sound <laughs> and everything. And the music just keeps building and then it goes to like the silence basically as we reach the end. And I just think that was really good because it helps build the tension and then it, like the despair at the end. I thought it was perfect. Jess?
4: I'm going to go with the House of Black and White theme. Uh, it was very eerie and mysterious and it sounds a little bit different than most of the things that Ramin does for the soundtrack. It has its own unique feel to it. And it's like a brand new theme, which is exciting. So yeah, that that's my choice.
3: Yay for diversity. Rachel? <laughs> harpies,
0: harpies, 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 harpies. Shouldn't you say that for your one-liner? <laughs> that's just Rachel's
3: answer for the rest
0: of the podcast. <laughs> Rachel's not really here anymore. She dropped the mic after giving Kit the best performance. (laughs) No, no. I I mean, I actually have to admit to you that the only time I ever really noticed the soundtrack was when I was at the baseball game and they were playing it while we were all in line. Yeah, that was great. I I especially loved listening to, like, you know, the Reigns of Castamere while we were waiting to line up to go into a baseball field. I'm so
3: sad that the guy that came out and sang during the baseball game did not come out did and sing, sing the rights of Castamere.
0: <laughs> I was
3: really hoping that would happen.
0: At one point, I believe Rachel and I were were screaming the Bear and the Maiden Fair, or maybe that was some yes. point we were doing. That.
3: They did play <laughs> that. And sa- speaking of musical, lot. speaking of musical moments, I know you guys wrote a little song for we the did. baseball game. We
0: did write a song. Would we you like to sing some
3: it. of it for us? <laughs>
0: And, and 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 who are you, the, the umpire? And who s- are, you, are you, the umpire? The, umpire that, said, that, that you I, should, that should bet that so low? You crowd the plate. You just swing late, and, and that's that's the way, way you go. go. But you have to point to the base while you're saying that. You have, to, po- you have to point to whatever base that is. Is that first base? Yes.
9: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sports ball, Rachel.
0: Watched the whole game, still don't know. <laughs> Rachel, did we know that you could sing? I can't was sing. That a- yes, you can. I just it heard wasn't, it. It wasn't me. No, you told me to it, it was Joey. Moving on. Hey, Jenny. What's that next category? <laughs> the next category is. Wait.
4: Do we Peter. want to say what the viewers? All oh, right. The people. Yes. some are the people? Hey,
0: to say let's go to the, the
3: audience hey.
2: poll. Yeah. So our listeners chose the inclusion of Jerome Flynn singing The Dornishman's Wife as their favorite rumming moment, but there were also many votes for Cersei's Walk of Shame and home.
3: All right, so our next category is favorite one-liner. For this category, we have Stephen and Elena here with their choices for their favorite one-liner. First up is Stephen.
10: My pick for favorite one-liner is the note from Lyanna Mormont that was sent to Stannis as a reply for his request for allegiance from House Mormont. Uh, It reads, Bear Island knows no king but the King of the North, whose name is Stark. And it's just perfection. One sentence on a little piece of parchment, to the point. Uh, I love how it makes Jon smile, and (laughs) Stannis is clearly annoyed uh, by the nerve of this wretched, as he calls her, ten-year-old girl who uh, just happens to be my personal hero after this scene. So, um, hoping we get to see more from the Mormonts in future seasons, and that's my pick for favorite one liner.
8: Next up, we have Elena. And the nominees are and Hagar, Lie, The Unnamed Nun, Shame, Tyrion Lannister, Guess Again, and Sir Jorah Mormont,
11: I brought you a gift.
8: And the winner is. Tyrion Lannister for Guess Again! Tyrion, this was the funniest line of the entire season. It was a well-needed moment of comic relief. The utter absurdity of there being such a thing as a cock merchant in general uh, contributed to your win, and most importantly, the utter confidence with which you delivered this line that made four grown men assume they did not, in fact, need to check the size of your penis. Tyrion Lannister, for knowing that your junk satisfies, you get the best one-liner of the season. Cheers.
3: Thank you, Stephen and Elena. And I just have to say, Elena, your presentation of your nominees
0: was masterful. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> it really was. It really <laughs> very was. Very I'm surprised she didn't play music in the background. Next time, yeah, maybe she'll maybe she'll actually be hosting the Wyman's next year. God knows we need a better there host you than go. you. <laughs> 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 All
3: right. <laughs> All right. So for my favorite one-liner, um, I'm going to go with a, a little bit of a different route and say for the watch um, because oh, it's basically, ouch. Really? It's basically really? the only <laughs> iconic line that they actually kept. So I'm just going to I'm just going to you know give a shout out to the fact that they didn't destroy it because I was fully prepared for uh for my dead parents because I was so sure that they were going to change it and I'm glad that we got the right line even if it does lead to a certain character's quote unquote death. Um, Do I have
0: to say it? Do
3: I have to say it? He's, he's not, not dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a phase. It's fine. That's Lauren it's
0: quote unquote Um I guess mine is a one-liner but it's like two people each having a line but um it's Tyrion when he says do you know what it's like to stuff your shit through one of these those air holes and Barris res- and responds with no I only know what it's like to pick up your shit and throw it overboard <laughs> I love the two of them so much Katie fuck them they're dead that is a good <laughs> line oh my God, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that was pretty much to the point <laughs> Megan
2: so I know continuity can be a really big problem for this show. So I'm going to go with Stannis' line of fewer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes. Yeah. Jess? Oh, that's amazing. Um, Barry's line, it's a perfectly good face.
3: <laughs> good. I'm glad we got that one in
0: there because I love that one too. Rachel, is it Harpies? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Uh, I, was, I'm, I agree with Lauren that whole the whole scene uh, about the shit in the box is just like the best moment of television that I Especially ever Especially we were all wondering what was going on with the shit in the box and then Twitter just like, and then, up, like and on fire. Yes, like the, the fact that they talked about the shit on the box uh, just made my life.
3: And it's if like you'd like to hear more about her gushing over this scene, you can go back and listen to our first episode from the season because there's a long discussion of it. <laughs> That's
0: because I totally agreed with it. So, yeah. Was, yeah there, was a lot it. Of, there was a lot of uh, yay for the shit. How? What did the small folk people think? What did the small oh. folk think, Megan? Well,
2: <laughs> so, I think our listeners really love their grammar lessons because they went with Sanis's line of fewer so I think what happens with a lot, I think what happened in this category is that there were so many good lines between Tyrion and Varys that they competed with each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I don't know that any of them repeated, but a lot of people also chose some sort of Varys or Tyrion line. So I think, you know, they had really great scenes together. And I just wanted to call out to something. that So Leia had picked the one where Varys said to Tyrion, I thought we were so happy together until you abandoned me. And she wrote a comment saying, I expected them to fist bump at the end of that conversation. Was I the only one? And I just want to say, no, you are not.
0: Bros <laughs> <laughs> forever.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and I, I want to give a special shout out to uh, Fat Pink Cast, who also nominated the worst one-liner of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone's yeah. favorite line. <laughs> well, we'll let them, let them talk about it. So,
3: a yeah. few words from Fat Pink Cast. Drum roll again,
7: please. <laughs>
1: the
2: nomination from Fat Pink Cast for Best One Liner is.
1: <laughs> you want a good girl, but you need Eat a
2: bad,
6: bad pussy. pussy. And then you have to kind of meow. But it was said by Tyann Sand um, to Braun in his reason.
1: ear, and she bit his ear.
6: <laughs> Winter is coming.
1: Thrones has occasionally really shitty writers, <laughs> this takes the motherfucking occasionally It is my friend. Occasionally, occasionally. Occasionally. This is the most absurd one-liner. Everyone,
6: ever. like, was okay with this. They were like, we gotta put this in the script. And then when they filmed
2: the scene, they were like, we're gonna do multiple takes of this one-liner. And the editor was like, I will leave this one-liner in. <laughs> The HBO was like, "This is going to go on TV." <laughs> Nobody said this is this has worse quality control than George Lucas.
6: Than oh, but it was God. memorable.
1: It was memorable, yes.
6: Memorable, indeed. Favorite
1: one-liner, yes.
6: But was
2: she right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, those are our choices <laughs> um, for the wagons
2: Hope you like um, Fat Pink cast checking out.
1: Oh. i can't really believe they included
3: that line either because it was ridiculous
2: yeah. it's really like where where
0: where <laughs> did they how did they get through like how many people have to listen to <laughs> but it was a nice uh,
3: it was a nice cap on the tragedy that was dorm so uh, sure. yeah right
0: it really we'll, we'll get to worse. that later i'm right sure off. in
3: nerd rage. all right and all
0: what's right. our next category our next category
3: Sunny. is Rhaegar a la mode book moment. Not not frozen ice cream, but, you know, good, good ice cream. Um, so this time we have uh, my friend Hanna and our good friend Jeffrey from Trivia of Ice and Fire here to give us their picks for best book moment. First up, we have Hanna.
6: Favorite book moment. Was Jon executing Jano slint? Yay! Uh, So the number of just untainted stand-up and cheer moments in either the books or the TV show are are fairly few and far between. So getting to see one of the more morally decent characters in the show universe uh, get to execute one of the consistently terrible people in the universe was just really satisfying. It was a great scene in the book, and it was translated well in the show, and it made me happy. Yay! And next up, we have Jeff.
9: It's Jeffrey here from A Trivia of Ice and Fire. I'm happy to be part of the second annual Wyman Awards uh, for Fire and Lunch. And uh, here we go. This year's Rhaegar a la mode Wyman for Best Book Event to actually happen in the show goes to Danny and Drogon's detour to the Dothraki Sea extra points for alliteration while most I imagine were excited about John's Julius Caesar-esque assassination at the hands of the Night's Watch I like the general badassery of Danny staring down called Jocko's khalasar with her dragon behind her lest we forget what Danny promised. I swear by the Mother of Mountains and the Womb of the World before I am done with them, Mago and Jocko will plead for mercy anyway, thanks so much and uh, I hope that uh, my picks win thanks again, have a good one
3: Thank you, Hannah and Jeff. Um, Jon Snow's sexiest moment was pretty well translated on the screen, but since I'm still bitter that there was no Ed involved with the block, um, I'm going to choose Cersei's walk of shame as my pick. Uh, I reread that chapter after we watched the scene. And I just... Thank you. <laughs> after we watched the scene, I really thought that they did a great job translating that. And it was uncomfortably long, but I think that that added to it. Um so I just thought it was really well done.
0: Um. Yeah, this was pretty much my, my choice. Um, yeah, it, it was uncomfortably long, but I think that was the point. I think they wanted you to feel yeah. as uncomfortable as she did. So I, th- I think it was well done. And I think it was effective. Yeah, and I think we should give a shout out to Rebecca Van Cleave, who was the body double for, for, for Lena. And, you know, she had never done a nude scene before, so it's pretty cool that she did that and... Just like go for it, whatever. Throw food at me. I'm here. Katie. Um. Actually, my favorite book moment was Danny's flight. I was kind of looking. No bad bad CGI at all. I had been looking forward to it pretty much all season, just because I thought it was pre- It was badass in the book, and I wanted to see what they did with it. And I don't know, like Danny's storyline usually underwhelms me but something it just kind of came together for me this season so i was really excited for it megan
2: i do love janos losing his head but i'm gonna actually go with Arya giving away needle only because i wasn't sure they would include it like i knew, i knew for sure they would include slint losing his head so i wasn't you know when it happened i was like oh yeah it happened yeah it's great but i wasn't sure they would include the Arya thing and do it so faithfully so yeah that that one hit me right in the feels
4: jess there are so few options for this category when you think about it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with. Think about uh, how this is going to be next year. Oh, gosh. This is uh, category of uh, Splint losing his head.
0: All right. Rachel? You guys are so predictable. <laughs> oh, shot it. Hey, I said a different one. Yeah,
8: mine was uh, a little
0: different. I would I you know I would love to agree with uh with Katie and say that I loved that scene that I was looking forward to in the pit. Uh, but I did not. Um I there were a lot of book moments that uh you know that came out. I really liked the The Walk of Shame. I loved When Arya Goes Blind, but I'm going to have to give my Rhaegar a la mode moment. To the stabbing of Jon Snow. Uh, (laughs) I really enjoyed watching that with the crowd that we watched it with. And uh, it was just kind of giddy to watch other people be slayed as much as I was when I read it. And I'm oh still gosh. in therapy, so
5: <laughs>
0: I'm just glad that the world can now feel our pain. Um, but I'm disappointed five that not... Five seasons later instead of five I'm, hours later. Yes, and I'm disappointed that not as many people have come to the dark side of trollery uh, where I live now in order to
8: preserve myself.
0: Aww. Aww, and she admits and it. A- Yay! <laughs> well, I'm just like, I'm shocked that we're still getting articles like actual articles <laughs> from legit publications about how he's not dead i love it <laughs> it's great like, it's it's months you guys there's got to be something else to do no 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 there's not <laughs>
3: <laughs> megan the small folk do they have something to say about favorite book moment
2: yeah the overwhelming favorite with the walk of shame but slint with the runner-up
3: good deal yeah Can all
2: I right
0: all right more shame
3: yes Shame.
0: shame. okay now i'm done
3: <laughs> all right <laughs> Our right, our next category is Rhaegar All Mode non book moment, uh, which is a lot more plentiful. This as we move forward in the season, <laughs> in the series. Um, my favorite Rhaegar All non book moment, I think, was just the whole Tyrion and Jorah road trip that was not in the books. <laughs> so the part where Jorah was playing the role of John Connington.
0: Um,
3: <laughs> I just, I really liked all the scenes that they had where, like, they were just talking. I liked when they were talking about Jora's, you know, undying devotion to Danny because it was like, thank you, somebody's saying this because you're kind of ridiculous, as we'll get to later. Um, and I liked their conversation about uh, uh, Jor Mormon's death. I thought that was really well done. Oh,
1: yeah, that was sad.
3: And I just, I really liked Jora this season.
1: It's strange. <laughs> Hmm, that's
3: interesting. Um, maybe it's because he was playing John Connington. I don't know. That's probably why I'm more endeared to, towards go. him this season. Um, Lauren, what was your favorite non book moment?
0: Um, the Battle of Hard Home. I mean, we know something happens in the book, but we just don't know what happens. And so this was kind of cool to see what could have gone on at that moment and, and how scary it was for
2: all of them. So just that.
0: Katie? Okay. So- <laughs> I have like three things. So you I have the battle. At, I okay. So I'm going to talk it through. All right, All the right. battle at Hardhome, obviously, <laughs> um, and then the first couple of scenes with Danny and Tyrion, like when Tyrion comes out and says, "I am the gift," and then they have that little, you know, dialogue where they're feeling each other out. I, that was just really cool for me because I love oh seeing God, for a second, them together, feeling like each other up. No, do it fun. No, no, no. Whether well, they're, they're kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you hey, never hey, know. Hey, um, no, it's just, it's just kind of geeky little thing for me to see the two of them together, and then just Jorah and Tyrion sailing through Valyria. I just kept going like, oh my god, we're in Valyria! Oh my, oh my god, oh my. Hey, god, there Valeria. was like a poetry <laughs> reading. It was very exciting. Right? It was very exciting. <laughs> so, like those three things, I don't really know how to whittle it down. So, I'm just gonna be that chick who gives it to everybody. Oh, Everybody gets more shame. Like, uh, you're like one of those parents that everyone gets a trophy, Lauren. This yes. is you last last
3: year, so you can't really talk.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, I've evolved. I've evolved, okay.
3: And candy has devolved. Um, what, what
0: the, the hell? Evolved
2: next season, Megan. <laughs> um and a shock to no one i'm gonna go with the hard home battle sequence (laughs) especially the ends where the dead rise and everyone in the boat just looks so sad like i don't know i'm laughing while i'm saying it but no it was great and also we get one one so yeah that sequence
3: definitely won
2: oh my god that made me so happy
3: one one wasn't sad one one was just like fuck this i'm leaving
2: yeah he was like i'm just gonna walk on this ocean floor (laughs)
3: It's cool guys, don't mind up. Yeah.
0: He was like, I'm noping the fuck out. And
3: then <laughs> <next>. <laughs> Jess, what was your favorite non book moment?
4: Um, John killing the other with the Valerian steel sword. So yeah, it's hard home, but that, that scene specifically is pretty badass. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Rachel. You guys can shiver your asses off North of the Wall. I will be in uh I don't know where she lives now. Karth Marine. where she live now? Marine. marine dude marine well, i'll be in marine with Tyrion and danny because that was fucking awesome and dario
2: and dario <laughs> and Harpies. jorah who won't go away hey jorah and
3: dario are going on epic adventure next season and <laughs> i can't wait i
0: got the bromance on the horizon <laughs> You're a give pretty... them grayscale. I'm so excited. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're going to be really hot before the grayscale takes them over, so it's fine.
3: Oh.
0: Megan, one of the people <laughs> have to say.
2: home definitely won by a landslide, but Tyrion and Danny, or some sort of interactions between them, also won a lot of votes. Um, I just want to give a shout out to this choice that Leia did, which was the supremely awkward post-sex conversation between Tom and Marjorie. You can sense the whole audience doing math in their heads. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> well, we've reached the uh, halfway point of the Wyman Awards. Up next is the most shocking moment. Um, our first guest, uh, Elena, has some nominees.
8: So let's hear from her. The nominees for most shocking moment of the season are Shireen Baratheon getting burned at the stake, Sansa actually getting raped by Ramsay Bolton, Jon Snow getting stabbed by the mutineers of the Night's Watch, and Fion Greyjoy actually breaking away from Reek. And the winner is Shireen Baratheon for getting burned at the stake. A dubious honor for one of them. I think, everyone's favorite characters. I'm choosing this as the most shocking because it was so utterly pointless in a dynastic sense, and so utterly against what Stannis' character had been built up to be, where he had insisted over and over again that this is my child, I love her, I honor her, I will do anything to protect her, and then for him to make this kind of decision for what seemed to me to be fairly thin and dubious logical grounds to begin with just seemed really, well, shocking. Um, I will also add that there, the fact that, that this was Melisandre's choice adds a layer of, I guess, con- potential conspiracy to to her. Maybe it hints that her entire purpose was to wipe out all the actual Baratheans Instead of help, Stannis get on the throne, and as such, it kind of recasts her behavior and goals for the entire time that she's been with him. She helped him murder Renly, check, and then she kills his heir, check, and then she leaves him on a fool's errand and to get killed by the Boltons at Winterfell, or in this, in the actual case, Brianna's Tarth as he was abandoned in the snow. So mission accomplished Mel.
0: i thought shireen was really shocking as well i definitely didn't see that coming after all the setup from the beginning so i I kind of agree with elena that shireen was definitely the most shocking lauren um again i'm back to hard home uh just i i don't know that that episode was just like it made me really love the show again wait what was shocking about hard home because seeing all the whites come at them and attacking them and and you know and then and then as they're all sailing away to escape that they all come up and their eyes are blue and you know that there's more than there was before and it's scary as all hell katie um i wrote this at like one in the morning i exactly said shireen's execution that was really rough to watch close second sansa's rape um yeah i mean there's really
5: both of those things i love that i love that you're
0: so naive that you think that that was shocking <laughs> what? what? <laughs> like, no, I Katie still believes that there's good in the world.
5: <laughs>
0: don't tell no, me about think the story has a
3: happy ending. You
0: haven't been paying attention. No, you know guys, like oh. honestly, I like that just it still kind of makes I'm sitting here not really able to finish a sentence because I'm still kind of grossed out at the thought of both of those things. Like, I just – I don't know why that was even on a TV show that's supposed to be entertainment. They are both really horrible. So, those are mine. Megan?
2: Only because I had really given up all hope of ever getting it mentioned in the show ever, I'm actually going to go and be completely different from everyone else and say the inclusion of the tourney at Harrenhal story because I legit screamed in my apartment and I didn't make any <laughs> other audible noise for like anything else that the show has done. So, <laughs> I think that one actually wins for me.
4: Jess? I actually don't have any shocking moments. Kind of what you were saying, Rachel, like nothing really surprises me. I guess when those like stone men came behind Tyrion and Jorah, that shocked me but not like in a oh my gosh shocking like oh I'm a little scared but there's really nothing this season that was really like a shocking I feel like they went to that well too many times that nothing really surprises me anymore
3: and Jenny um I'm gonna agree with Elena too and go with the burning of Shireen just because I I didn't know that was I mean I kind of at that point when we were watching it knew that it was going to happen because Jess and Megan had read spoilers, but I was like, is this really happening? This is really happening. No one's going to come and save her. Oh God, it's really happening. So yeah, that was, that kind of sucked. And it ruined my whole, you know, uh, Shireen and Rick and, you know, save Westeros and rule. So that, that was sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: totally. Megan, what did the small folk think?
2: They picked Shireen burning. Nothing else. Even got multiple votes. <laughs> oh,
0: no, wow. So. It's because they kept setting it up as if, like, something was going to happen that she would be saved or that Davos would take her away somehow. And, no. Just no. utter fail. Or
4: because it comes out of left field, you know? You have this yeah, father-daughter yeah. moment, and then the next episode, he's, like, killing her. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful writing.
0: Speaking of, <laughs> we can... <laughs> Our next category is probably uh, one that we all feel a lot for. Uh, it's the biggest nerd rage moment. And
6: Hana has come to us with her opinion. So let's go to her. So there was a lot of nerd rage for me this season, but one of the biggest ones was the way the Unsullied were used. So I really love fight scenes. I like fight choreography. I like fight work. I'm a fan of weaponry. And... When I see badly done fight scenes, it it just makes me cry a little bit. And every time that they used the Unsullied as paper soldiers to get knocked down, I was crying inside, because these are supposed to be the most awesome, the bestest, the greatest of the warriors in multiple continents. And they were getting chopped down by people with daggers and no peripheral vision. So like what they forgot how to use spears and now they feel pain. Why why, why, just just why? I just want to say that I agree with
0: her completely because the way that the unsullied were used was completely and utterly
1: bullshit.
0: <laughs> yep. Bullshit. Yep. They're supposed to be this like amazing fighting force and they suck against like DIYers in in <laughs> Walmart masks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely agree with Hannah there. For a different opinion, let's go to Eli, who is a long-time listener.
5: Hey, this is Eli, and my nerd rage is the handling of Stannis' plot, at least towards the end of the season, uh, two particular moments. First of all, the burning of Shireen, um, other than being completely heartbreaking and completely against that heartfelt moment we felt, we saw earlier. Um it just doesn't make sense. Uh Stannis at his heart is like he's a he's a stubborn and practical man, and being one of the best military commanders in Westeros, he would have known he would have known that his cold and tired and hungry men who are had to have been on the edge of desertion already in a land they don't know would likely have turned and gone anywhere else if they had seen him burn his own daughter alive. And that bit doesn't make any sense to me. Additionally, his entire claim rests on the fact that he is directly in line from Robert and burning his own heir. I understand that he killed Renly, but it just doesn't make sense. Renly was standing in his way. Shireen would have had to have been in his way for him to completely destroy his line like that. I mean, you see his the way his eyes light up when Melisandre guaranteed him heirs. And his own wife, Solis, she's got test tube babies all over the place. I mean, this is something that's legitimately important to him. And to take that away, make him burn his own daughter, like, you would need to really feel it. You need to feel the desperation and see it. And what we got was a few minutes of showing people cold and hungry. I mean, yeah, they were in a bad situation, but it it didn't get the screen time it deserved. And I understand they had to fit a lot of stuff in, but it, they didn't make it believable. And that was my main problem. Secondly, the Battle of Winterfell, there was a huge buildup towards it. I mean, the entire season was building up towards this point. And the very end of it was just so rushed is right away, boom, his men desert him, boom, his wife commits suicide, boom, Melisandre leaves. And you know what? I understand he's distraught and he's not thinking clearly, but he's, he's clearly the only commander left in Westeros with any sort of battle experience. And he just walks up to Winterfell completely unprepared and gets, you just see that scene where Sansa's looking out and he's about to get annihilated. And then poof, battle's over, and it's it's a cliffhanger in the books. I've been waiting for it for a long time, and it's just you didn't get to see anything. So those are my big gripes. biggest nerd rage.
4: Um, do you guys have any comments about what you? Um, said? Eli. Oh, sorry, Eli was my choice. Like what he picked. Basically, his whole storyline after like the halfway point. It's just the biggest nerd rage ever, from burning of Shireen to. You know the last episode where everything felt rushed, so I very much agree with everything he had to say.
0: And Jamila from Girl Gone Geek uh, succinctly puts what we're all feeling on the inside with her opinion.
2: My biggest nerd rage moment was actually every time the sand snakes were on screen. I was hyping them up so much before the season started to all my unsullied friends, and then season starts, sand snakes get on screen, and they're pretty lame.
0: Any reactions there? A girl oh, like that. Yeah, I agree with everything she said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact my response said Dorn. All of it. All of it. Yeah, that's basically what I put. Just like everything. Everything Dorn. Yeah. I think these three guests really kind of put the three major things that we were kind of all harping on. Harpy, harpy. So uh yeah. <laughs> For the entire season, like, these are the things that kind of really pissed us off. And, like, yeah, maybe I was the one that was the only person who was upset about all the the stuff um, at the wall and how that was going. Um, But I just kind of feel like the battles in the north weren't as as good
2: as they could have been.
3: I
0: have another option.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, Megan, do you want to go first?
2: No, you can go first.
3: Okay. Um, so my, well, this is continuing off of what I said last year, which was that Loras was not on the King's Guard, I'm just <laughs> going with the continued mistreatment of Loras Tyrell because I think it sucks. And yep. it's just a shame that all of our worst fears came true. And then they didn't even check up on him or any of the Tyrells at the end of the season, which I thought was just disappointing i expected them to at least be there in the final scene when cersei walked into the right key, yeah but to like rub nothing. it in at least it's like yeah. okay we arrested him for being gay just so that we could trap marjorie which really bothered me and then they didn't even go back to them and the fucking birthmark i can't even <laughs> deal with it it's just lazy it was just <laughs> it's, lazy it's really lazy and i do have to say though with all of that i do think that finn
0: did a really good job during the interrogation scene
1: yeah, and I wish that
0: he got more to do. Well, I mean, the performances are, are usually consi- like pretty good consistently, yeah. especially with these actors. It's just, I mean, that was my second thing that I put. Why? What? Why do you need to go the lazy route? Why can't you use a character that's, like, interesting and make him interesting and put him in somewhere that you're not just going to shove him in there to try to get somebody else to be captured? Like, I hate everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think lazy. I think lazy writing is always guaranteed to piss us off like yeah. no matter where it's applied it really like it's not off.
3: it's not that it doesn't work it's just the easiest route that they could have gone well actually the easiest route would be to follow the book but it's, it's their version <laughs> of the easiest route that they could
2: go i do Shame. so i'm gonna pull a katie and kind of have two though one is probably bigger than the other but mine so my first one's related to my shocking moment so first I was, like, excited and shocked. Oh, my God, they're including the attorney of Harrenhal. And then I was like, God damn it, Creepy little finger is the one telling this fucking story. <laughs> and I vomited a little in my mouth. And so it's irrational and it's total nerd rage because who cares who tells the story as long as it gets said? But I was upset about that. And then my other one, which... So I view nerd rage a little differently because I think any rage about Alaria becoming vengeful and cutting Arianne, that's all legit and genu- genuine, and the, people should rage about that. So my nerd rage over Dorne, is that they didn't include Doran saying his whole fire and blood monologue.
3: Can I have more nerd rage about
2: Doran after you're done?
3: Because
2: <laughs> yeah. you know I was like, please. Yeah, that's not necessary, but I'm really missing that scene because that's my favorite scene in a Feast for Crows.
3: I have nerd rage over the fact that Arya Hotan never got to use his axe. Yeah, that's nerd rage. <laughs> <laughs> and about the fact that a sand snake lost their mother. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has four four daughters. But in the show, and in the books, but uh what's-her-face, Tyene is one of her daughters in the show, and I don't understand
0: what happened to the other one. <laughs> Maybe he, he How about, about that you have, like, like Sand Snakes, I couldn't tell you who's who, or what Neither anybody's defining. Right, like, the only defining personality trait that I get in the Sand Snakes is that one chick who's just, like, lewd and gross and says really terrible one-liners. They, they have different hair. hair. Like, that's the only personality trait I see that's distinguished from, like, the other girls. I'm and sorry. That you guys sucks. are forgetting Keisha Castle-Hughes' amazing grump face. That's right. <laughs> you know, my cat has a grump face, too, which probably would have been cheaper to hire. She, her face is an actual
4: emoji. Like, I want to just kind of cut it out <laughs> from
0: a cat. Oh my. Oh, uh, Jess, amazing. did you have any opinions? On
4: the Sand Snakes? Or just in general. Well, I guess besides the Stannis stuff and obviously the Sansa stuff, it's the exclusion of Bran Stark from the host season, but that's
3: okay. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. We're getting all tree all next
2: season. All tree. (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm not ready, guys. Not ready. <laughs> Megan,
3: what did the what did the people have to say?
2: So, some variation of something that went wrong in Dorne wins. I mean, people had many aspects. So it was either a bar calling Teyna a slut, mislabeling the map in the opening credit, which that's good that in third range. That's
0: legit. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, killing Marcella. You know that so got a lot of comments. A lot of people did mention Sansa and her rape, but a lot of people commented that they don't consider that nerd rage that that is actual legitimate general rage for something that shouldn't have happened and i i'm inclined to agree with them i went really yes yes yeah um but paul had actually one that i'd never seen or considered and it wasn't his choice but he mentioned it and he mentioned the lack of fake outs for the slint execution (laughs) yes
0: yes also what up paul how you doing yeah (laughs) good answer paul All right. So next is uh favorite fan shout out, which is a little bit different uh than Nerd Rage because these are the the sort of fandomy things that are stuck in that make us happy. <laughs> Yay! Even if they yeah. can be terrible at times. Yeah. Uh I'm going to put in uh, Aria going blind. Just because I didn't think that that was going to happen, like, at all. Like, I had been saying the whole season that they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And it made me really happy that they did it. I don't know how they're going to handle it from now on, but that made me really happy. Lauren? Um, hands fucking down. It was the Liana Mormont letter. <laughs> the, the Good woman. moment. I love that letter so much. It's like, here's a 10-year-old girl telling you to go fuck yourself. i <laughs> <Better> not. <than that. laughs> Katie? Um, I think Lauren and I are on the same wavelength this episode because that was actually mine too. Just because, one, hearing the name Liana, I was like, what? Are we going to do that story? Yeah? Good? No? Okay. And then you hear it's the Mormons and the they don't really go into how badass the Mormon women are. So to have that little thing of like this 10-year-old going, screw you. I loved it. I loved it. But close second and third, Benjamin even though oh. it thinking- oh, oh, God. God, shame. Shame. That that was oh, amazing shame. no i was like bitch it and then and then the other one was egg i dreamed i was old oh oh you're depressing megan
2: <laughs> <laughs> so i also wrote down the liana mormont letter just because definitely not needed for the show so it was total fan service and it was amazing but since other people said it i'll just say giving the giant the name one one <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about one one. Yeah, awesome.
0: That made me very happy. Yeah, it made me happy too. And he's an amazing giant. He's just like fuck you all. Yeah. Twi- Twitter exploded too. Like it was just like one one straight down my feed. Well, hey, there was a
3: podcast once where I was just in the background going
4: one 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 one, <laughs> one one one. I want one one. So I'm happy
3: that it happened.
4: Jeff. Oh, I was gonna say the inclusion of one one into the TV show because they didn't have to include him and they did. So it made me very happy. Mine was Junior.
3: going to be the uh, inclusion of the Tourney and Heron Hall story for this one instead of uh, whatever Megan said for the shocking yeah. moment. Um, because I was like definitely texting and tweeting in all caps and I was very, very happy. <laughs>
4: I have one more. The the Lord Commander. What was his name? Or is Baratheon was the guy's name? Oh, yeah. No, that's. What was the, No, it no, was his Oz- name. Stark. Star. Star. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that one.
3: I was very excited about that, too, because that was, like, our trivia answer. It was very exciting.
4: (laughs) Me, Jenny, and Megan are, like, acting like fangirls in a bar, and everybody's like, what's wrong with these people? Yeah, I know. We're,
0: like, raising our arms up, and everyone's like, what the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) You guys, how many times did that happen to us in a bar, though? (laughs) 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 Megan, what did the small folk think?
2: So they went with the mention of Egg and the use of I Dreamed I Was Old. That had the most votes. But including Benjamin was you know, very close behind that, so they were in line with Katie, and Bronwyn made this comment, and I don't know if you could call it a shout-out, but the mass trolling of book fans, and they included Benjamin in the previous Leon, was incredibly (laughs) cruel-slash-amazing.
0: See? I agree. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. I'm I'm not depressing. Don't do that anymore, D&D. That's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not depressing. I'm the voice of the people. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of trivia, our next Uh, category is our favorite Stalker Jorah moment, and Jeff, who runs A Trivia of Ice and Fire, uh, did an amazing nomination for this category, so (laughs) take it away, Jeff.
9: This year's Wyman for Stalker Jorah moment goes to Jorah Marmont himself. Jorah again, and with incredible resolve, sought to break out of the friend zone yet again. It's funny because you can't even say he was in the friend zone, as he was banished from Daenerys' court for his earlier, since-disavowed treachery. Nevertheless, this is a guy who can't take no for an answer, frequents prostitutes who look like Khaleesi, and essentially acquiesces to slavery for the opportunity to become a pit fighter so that he may, potentially, be able to fight in front of his beloved queen with the hope of somehow regaining her favor. I'll leave out his adult-onset greyscale because I'm not ableist. In true D&D fashion, the time is impeccable. Danny happens to be at the obscure pit where Jorah is fighting, and after some albeit pretty badass fighting, Jorah reveals himself and his new friend Tyrion to the queen. In true down on my luck Jorah fashion, he is promptly banished again, only to sell himself into slavery. For all we know, Stalker Jorah could have re-entered the queen's favor after his admirable effort in Daznak's pit, but Drogon was the real MVP.
0: Anything else to add to that, you guys? <laughs> uh, props now, to the
3: ableist comment of the, uh, <laughs> the adult onset grayscale. That was amazing. That really was the
0: best. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, yeah. Come on. the the only The only person to get the the Jora the Jora award is Jora himself. Oh. So what's your What's your favorite Stalker moment of Jorah's?
4: Every moment of Jorah with Danny's a Stalker moment.
0: <laughs> I <really laughs> well, I know. What's your favorite one? I love the part where he took his hand that's covered in grayscale <laughs> and put it all over the woman he loves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gonna be scaly together, yeah, he needs yeah. Taking her down with them
3: my my favorite specific soccer drawer moment was definitely when he like just heard her voice and he was just like, "I have to go out there and he just like goes out there, kills everybody, takes off his helmet, <laughs> it was like, "Look, look what I did for you. Aren't I amazing? Will you will you love me now, khaleesi please? And she's just like, What the hell are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's pretty oh much God. how I felt. i only, I only sorry he didn't do the same face he did when he came back. Um, from, what? They, I don't remember what, what last season where they came back fighting and he's like, I'm back. And her first thing is like, where's Dario? And his face went like, wah, wah, wah. Like that's what he <laughs> needed after the slave pit fight. Uh, Katie? No, uh, Jora. I pretty much was annoyed at him for the entire season. <laughs> right up until he actually threw the spear and saved her life. And I was like, well, if everybody else is cool with it, then I'm cool with it. I mean, that was the redeeming moment for me, but just get get a backbone, dude. Like, find somebody else. Do something with your life. Get a hobby. Paint watercolors. I don't know. Take up knitting. <laughs> like, Paint watercolors like... of her. Shave off
3: your grayscale pieces.
0: I don't know. Incorporate it into your art. Um...
2: Megan, bad idea.
0: <laughs> Megan, did you have a favorite Jora moment?
2: I think mine is when, after he's being banished for a second time, this isn't even the first time, <laughs> he still chooses to stay in Marine and basically turns himself back into a slave so he can fight in the pits. Yeah, Jora. Yeah, Bravo, Jora. Yeah,
0: she's not Japs. that into you. I yep. guess
4: it'd be Tyrion calling out the fact that Jora is kind of a stalker. <laughs> 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 Everybody knows. Basically saying what we all were thinking, but he needed to hear it.
0: Yes, Tyrion as voice of the audience. <laughs> Always a good choice. <laughs> uh, Megan, what did the what did the fans think of Doctor <laughs> Jorah?
2: Well him turning himself back into slavers after being banished for the second time is what got the most votes, though people also picked when he first jumps out into a fighting pit, when he hears her voice. They also went with that. Oh, yeah. But there were a couple people that went with non-Jorah answers. So Varys' obsession with Tyrion was one person's <laughs> pick, and then Brienne following Sansa was another.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, Brienne is definitely in the running for, for her its <coughs> like, tower. Um, false <laughs> because brienne abandoned her post at like the she she's job. a bad
3: stalker she needs to learn from Jorah. she had one job
0: oh. <laughs> stalking a tower <laughs> uh, well speaking of brienne failing our next, our next <laughs> category our next category is mtv style Best death scene. Our friend Steven has a lot to say about this, so take it away, Steven.
10: My pick for best death scene in season five might be a little bit obscure, but it's from episode two, The House of Black and White, when uh, Brienne kills the last of the knights from the Vale that were chasing after her and Pod um, after the confrontation with Littlefinger and Sansa in the inn. Uh, they're both on horseback. They cross swords Exactly three times before on the fourth swing, Oathkeeper just cuts through this guy's sword and slices him in the shoulder. Uh, Then Brienne just finishes him off with a quick stab in the neck and the fight's over. Just thought it was really badass, and I'm pretty sure that was the first time we've seen Oathkeeper in action since the duel with the Hound last season. So I thought it was pretty cool to see Oathkeeper back, and uh, that's my pick.
0: Yeah, that was actually a really good fight uh, scene in a season that was light on good fight scenes, so... Yeah,
2: yeah. Cool we don't even have a season.
0: best fight scene category this year. No, no. There wasn't lots of crappy battles and old men falling down in alleyways. I didn't say that. <laughs> if we did have a best fight scene,
3: basically everybody but Rachel would say John facing a White Walker. Right, so right. It really wouldn't be good. <laughs> a... oh,
4: How do you know I didn't, I didn't like Jamie versus the Sand Snakes? you don't know that
3: Uh, (laughs) i do like jamie versus no no no. i like jamie versus the random dornish people when he uses his hand as a to stop the blade because i'm gonna work uh, on that move
0: okay (laughs) but
3: best death death scene
0: (laughs) yeah it's kind of funny how this is a series that is known to the common people to the to the regulars as i call them (laughs) uh for its shocking death scenes and yet we don't really have uh, a lot of a lot of nominations for this. It's because we don't believe anybody's dead, <laughs> basically. Game well... of Thrones or Marvel? Do you know what you're watching? <laughs>
3: no. There you go. Do you have an answer, Rachel? Uh, uh. No, I have, I have one. Know. I have one. I do too. I do too. All right. Well,
0: let's go to Lauren. I picked Amon Targaryen because he actually dies a natural death, which is a nice change. Um, also, they, you know, they bring back the memory of Dunk. An egg, and so you know, Amen. We miss Katie. God damn it, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine too. It was so mine too. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, okay, so I'm gonna it's go to my like second. It's not like only one of us can have that choice. I know. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, the, the my second choice was Raider. Um, just because it was really, it was a beautiful character moment for Kieran Hines. It was a beautiful character moment for Tormund. I think Christopher Hijofu I think. I'm sorry if I put your name. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and it was a great character moment for Kit, too. I mean, like, it just was really, it was a, a multi-dimensional scene. I thought it was really well done. Megan?
2: I'll agree with everything Katie said. This was really hard for me because it was a tie between Mance and John. But what made me go with Mance is because John's not really dead. And I'm sure he'll get another <laughs> death scene
4: later on. <laughs> no, he's not going to die later. Come on, don't. Oh, he
2: totally is. <laughs> he's not. <laughs>
4: Oh, I'm also going with Mance because, you know, I feel like the show a lot of the times with Deaths, they kind of play it for, oh, this is so badass. You think of, like, the Arya scene or, like, Danny's dragons burning people, and I like how it was treated with seriousness, you know? And, like, you know, being burned alive is really freaking terrible, you know? It was sad, and I'm going to miss him. So, Mance Raider. shouldn't
0: have died. Jenny?
3: uh, I also was going to go with Eamon. I liked getting the egg mentioned and I liked that we got the I dreamt that I was old line. I thought it was it was a good moment, even yeah. though it's a sad
0: moment. And the whole idea that he actually lives a full life and no one cuts him down with a sword. You know, hey.
3: If it had been Dark Sister we would have been fine with it. So
0: I lied, I have a favorite Destiny. But... Alright, what's your favorite? Oh, yes. too. Speaking of people who get cut down. <laughs> I really liked it when John died forever and never comes back.
2: He's not dead! <laughs> <You sighs> guys, I knew she was going to say this.
0: <laughs> she already used Five it. hours Is of therapy, <laughs> and it didn't even take. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Megan, what did those little people say?
2: <laughs> little people. So... Our viewers, um, they seem to really love death scenes of unliked characters. So almost all the votes went towards Miranda, Rattleshirt, Slint, or White Walkers. But Miranda had the most votes. And I should note, Stannis and John also had a lot of votes as well. And I just wanted to note Pat's comment because I just thought it was really funny. Um, He said, even though I was not overly enthralled with Dorne this season, the captain who smuggled Jamie into Dorne gets most novel death award, being buried up to his neck, covered in scorpions, and receiving a spear through the face.
0: Yeah. That's probably the most novel way. Yeah. So speaking of going headless. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. What? Thanks. Our next category is the Eddard Stark Lifetime Achievement Award, and we have a very special guest presenter. is Axie from Watchers on the Wall, and we're going to let him tell you his pick.
11: Hello, fire and lunch. This is Axie from WatchersOnTheWall.com, your daily source for Game of Thrones news. And I've been asked to give the Eddard Stark Lifetime Achievement Award, i.e. Honor before common sense. Now, I had three people in the running for this, uh, but uh, I decided not to give it to Ollie, because uh, even though what he did was perceived as honorable by himself, and probably by his co-conspirators, it did not, in the end, do him harm. Therefore, can't quite measure up to the Eddard Stark level. Same thing for Jamie Lannister. His was more of a, I would say, self-serving kind of thing. Get back into Cersei's good graces and Uh, repair in his heart what honor he thought he had lost. And it certainly did backfire on him in the end, but uh, still not quite to the level of the winner who I'm going to give. The award goes to Jon Snow, basically, because, let's be real, he is his uncle's son. And the honorable thing he did blew up in his face fantastically, resulting in his death, which uh, is also very Eddard Stark. And so I think, hands down, the winner has to be the lovely, beautiful, and talented Kids know. From Watchers on the Wall, I'm Axie. That's it.
0: I feel like that's kind of a no brainer, you guys. Yeah. Right? There's no argument. I really like
3: that he said he is his uncle's. Yeah, self. that was a great <laughs>
11: line. <laughs>
3: Hell yeah. That's
2: a great line. yeah. Is I anyone was not down. going with John as <laughs> <Is> there, <laughs> No.
0: <And laughs> I... Indubitably. Indubitably. <laughs> well the honest, <laughs> I mean I did argue once that it could go to Ollie, but I think that I think that Axie's right that, you know, you can't actually give it to him because he doesn't fuck himself over at least at this point so yeah honorable
3: mention to mance yeah yeah and
0: And possibly to um melisandre who seems to have fucked herself over but she's still alive so you know she's maybe uh uh, in the running next next season quite possibly after she brings john back to life yeah Yeah. sure whatever maybe because he's not dead
2: (laughs) so in a shock to no one john also won this amongst the audience poll but there were also multiple votes for Brienne and stannis and allison gave an answer of lancel which is a character <laughs> i never would have considered for this role mostly because i oh, hello i think of Jon snow all the time so you know that's a pretty good and lancel's a pretty good answer and then yeah. pat wanted to express his disagreement over the name of the award because he thinks ned was rational in king's landing <laughs> <laughs> sure Pat we 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 respect that opinion, but we'll, we'll disagree. We
0: respectfully disagree with that opinion. Yeah. We, we also will attend your Westerosi funeral.
2: I appreciate anyone... the defense of Ned, since I do love Ned, but, yeah. Oh, Ned.
0: <laughs> so you guys, guess what? I,
2: oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God, are we have oh, our last We're category the last of the one. evening? I oh, never thought we'd get here. Never thought. Yes, we didn't get played off stage. The audience is still here. It's amazing. Andrew, There's champagne flowing. They're all really drunk. Everyone's suits are still crisp I looking. So yes, everyone's so beautiful. <laughs> Bette Midler is here. Everyone's so, got their pie. <laughs> Everyone has a pie. Yes, they're, they've they're been enjoying that. But, sykes, guys, don't eat your pie. Um, <laughs> it's delicious. Have seconds. So our last category of the evening is MVP of the season, and I want to go last. So Lauren, who is your pick for MVP gonna, of the season? I'm gonna pick Cersei because I, as I, as I wrote down on my notes, she took crazy and dialed it up to eleven, and and just the walk. I mean, Lena did an amazing job with the facial expressions and the walk, and um, I think, I think, I think this is her year for a change. I think she really, she really deserves it. Uh, Katie? Um, I had a joke answer, but I'm going to change it. I might tell you what my joke answer was, but (laughs) my actual answer is John. No, honestly, I don't mean to be predictable on it, but like thinking about it, he put up with a lot of shit. He got thrust into power. He had to try to supervise people that had like no respect for him whatsoever. He was in the most terrifying position you could ever be in. And now he has to go back and basically say, and now I have to try and take care of everybody, even though they're all going to die horribly. Um, and he still cared. So yay for Jon Snow. Uh, my joke answer was Drogon. <laughs> 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 because... He
3: has really impeccable timing. He
0: does. He made there all he his goes. cues. He stole the show. <laughs> and he, like, ate the scenery. And he just took, it <laughs> like, just enough of Danny's shit just enough of it. Like all right, I'm getting you out, but I'm going to sleep here and you can just steal. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Megan,
2: I'm going to be super predictable also and go with Jon Snow. I don't think the season would have worked on any level if that storyline didn't work and the consistently the best parts of that season of the season were the Jon Snow parts and I just want to quote Amy Sullivan from the Atlantic cuz I think she sums it up very well and I agree with what she says. She says, Tyrion may be everyone's favorite character, and Arya everyone's favorite badass, but Jon is the soul of Game of Thrones. Whether or not he is genetically Ned Stark's son, he is the heir (laughs) to Ned's noble, sometimes flawed worldview, one that gives us moral balance and reminds us of the real stakes in this epic. I suppose it's ironic that Jon is killed because he was more focused on the threat from the White Walkers than from his own men, but it's also stupid. The White Walkers just wiped out thousands of wildlings. Someone in Westeros needs to think that's alarming. So yes, Amy, I agree. He is the soul of the show. And now okay. he's dead. No, he's no, not he's dead. dead. <laughs> Jeff, what Amy said.
4: Jon Snow, of course. <laughs> but not just that. But thinking about the off season. <laughs> <laughs> think about the off season. Everybody's still talking about Jon. I mean that that says something, you know. That when you're discussing Game of Thrones, that's all people want to talk about and discuss, you know. And I think that's important when we're discussing the MVP of the season. So yeah, Jon Snow.
0: The hair
4: watch. <laughs> yeah, Jenny
0: uh the
3: map marker maker
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it wasn't the wig stylist come on uh ghost for bothering to show up at all when they refused to do what we want wanted them to do with his character uh the uh i guess i mean i'm i'm gonna be predictable and say i, I wrote down the, indu- the indubitable man i can't even say the word
5: <laughs> <laughs> the indubitable
3: man himself um i was gonna quote the interviewer lady at the uh, Testament of youth showing where she said it was the summer of Jon Snow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause she's right. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with those things, but I have a different pick. I really think that um, Stannis Baratheon as a character did a lot of heavy lifting for this season in terms of connecting storylines of conveying a lot of um, ideas and uh, intentions from the writers to the audience. Uh, I think that that storyline is going to go down as something important and something to look at for uh, writing criticism, but also to learn from. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Stannis Baratheon, that fucking bastard. He's
4: not a bastard. I love him. Shut up.
0: (laughs) I still love him. He is not a bastard, nor is he a bastard.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Next season, Rachel will be giving this to the Great (laughs) Joys. Shut up. I you guys. Well, it depends on how much it. they
0: mangle. A I,
3: I'm being totally sarcastic. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the monkey. I'm gonna
0: come now <laughs> next. Next season's gonna go to that monkey, <laughs> 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 Megan. And what did the small folk think for MVP?
2: So the only answer that appeared multiple times was the Knight's King. So, I'm going to give a shout out to some other oh, answers my. that I thought were funny. So, Steph from Austin said, Torment for being a gorgeous beast and giving us the rattle shirt beat down we deserved. I think <laughs> we agree with nice. her on that. Uh, and then, well, Gareth's answer, I don't know if he's sarcastic or not, but he said the person that made the Sons of the Harpy Mass. And Rachel, I immediately Brilliant. thought of you.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's with the map marker maker. They're the same person.
2: Yeah, the same guy. <laughs> and I feel like we need to thank Paul for saying the pie cast. Hey.
3: Nice
6: nice I'm gonna cry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, whether for good or ill, we should also thank D D for their tireless efforts and making a show that we love to hate and hate to love. So thanks
2: guys. I'll forgive them everything <laughs> if I get Arthur Day next season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or Darkstar. uh <laughs> and thank you again to all of our guests and to everyone who filled out the poll. Uh, You can check out the posts uh, either on fireandlunch.tumblr.com or fireandlunch.podbean.com where you can find links to all of our guests um, where they live on the internet and all their social media accounts. Uh, And I shall end us, me, I'm going to do this. (laughs) I shall toast to the possibly dead, but probably, hopefully, yeah, probably soon resurrected (laughs) Jon Snow. Indubitably. Indubitably. I did it better than. (laughs) (laughs) To John Snow. To John John, John John Snow. Snow. Thanks, guys.
1: Bye. 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 And so he broke that sacred oath, that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his skin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, another pie. Curls cover his kin. Revenge—it tastes so sweet.
3: Can we just like re- redo the whole thing? I was
0: reading. No, this- no, no. We don't have to redo the whole thing. <laughs> We don't have to redo the whole thing. Shame! Exactly! Shame! 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 Shame!
3: This is the worst one. Shame. Shame on our podcasting skills. Shame.